You're literally Googling dad jokes right now, aren't you? This is not going to be funny. This. There will be no white flag above my door. And this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hello and uh, willkommen. You're listening to your boy, IZW, and lying beside me <laughs> on my bed for a pod first is the one, the only, Ben, I bloody love science, Carrington. How are you, Ben? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me in your room. It's a nice room, this. Yeah, do you like it? Do you, uh, don't, you don't feel too like unsettled no, by... rose petals are a bit too much, but, but apart from that, it's yeah, really nice. I wasn't nice, sure, I was really debating about the petals, but I went for it in the end. To be fair, it beats, uh, beats your room that, your kind of dungeon that you had in the South London cell. when we lived in there for two years. That wasn't good, was two it? Two years in there, that, that didn't do my mental health any favours, I don't think. Not at all, no. But, uh, is, is your science going to be affected by the change of environment, do you think? No, no, I think it's all right. Yeah, be right. nice and cosy. Playing I like, I like you leave your clothes off at the door policy in here. Yeah, so you like that. Nice and free. Yeah, <laughs> good to go. Unrestricted. Um, I mean, I'm pleased to report to our listeners. I think we can use plural there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Mum, we'll, dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple of beers on board. We do. With actual alcohol in them. Shall cheers. We cheers. There we go. Okay. Uh, Drinking them quick for a podcast with the word pub as one half of its title. That's a pretty poor show, but. Got there in the end. Four episodes in and we're finally actually drinking beers. Finally we got beers. It's when we don't do it first thing on a Saturday that we can... Yeah, it's gone midday, so I think that's just about acceptable. Yeah, that counts. Quite apt for today's episode as well. Yeah. Um, So last episode was quite dense on the old science. We went in on science a little bit, didn't we? Brains, uh, it turns out, are quite... They're full of stuff, aren't they? They're full of stuff. You really couldn't handle it. Most of which I don't understand. You just could not handle that episode. I got quite woozy towards the end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very quiet as well I think it was just too much for me um, but I think you did a grand job of sort of breaking down quite a complex topic well cheers mate the, the, only, the only feedback segments. I've had so far is you said synapse too much so I'm not sure if that's <laughs> positive or negative yeah well people know what synapse is now so maybe I'm go. not even sure the person who commented that even knows what synapse is um, so this episode is I'm hoping going to be a bit lighter on, on the old palate yeah if not sure. the liver <laughs> hey hey God, you're putting your segues, aren't you? So uh, it's almost like you rehearsed this. We, um, by we, I mean you, are yeah. going to be looking at the health effects of uh, the weekend warrior lifestyle. Yeah. Um, now, for anyone who's not between the ages of sort of twenty-one and forty, what what does weekend warrior mean? Well, so this depends on where you're from. Mm. If you're from the US, they define the weekend warrior as someone who crams all of their exercise into the weekend. <laughs> I know, idiots. Like, like, what are you going on about? However, us sturdy, hardened Brits, mm. we're referring to the weekend warrior um, as people who uh, who go out on the smash all weekend. You know, who drink their body weight in tequila, who eat nothing but cheesy burgers, um, or to to quote a, uh, a a reputable source, as Urban Dictionary put it, mm. a person who holds a regular job during the week which restricts their ability to party, go on trips partake in awesome activities and thus plans epic weekend adventures to compensate as much variation and quantity of awesomeness is packed into the weekends as physically possible warranting the rest of the work week to recharge for the next weekend sounds about right 
Sounds about right. I mean, we don't do awesome adventures by any mm. stretch of the imagination. We don't do it. We just go to the we pub. We just go maybe. to the pub. I think that's that's what we're talking about. We're talking about going to the pub, spending all weekend on just the Just to lash. pick you up on your body weight of tequila claim. Um, yeah. I did a bit of research on this. And the body weight... If you drank your body weight research. of tequila... I did a bit of research, God, yeah. blimey. Used, used the old maths. An 80 kilogram ma- male... Yeah, you did maths. I'm amazed. This is a podcast. Their body weight of tequila, right? So a shot of tequila is about 45 grams. So for an 80 kilogram man, or woman, that would be 1,777 shots of tequila. Now I'm no doctor, but that sounds like too much tequila. In two days? Well, in one day. In one day? Yeah. Uh, in any day, really. Why don't we make that today's challenge? Over, I'd say that's probably too much over a week. A little bit too much over a week. Possibly a I month. I could put it back though, I reckon. Maybe even a year. It's just too I'd much say, tequila. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's way too much tequila. No one really needs that much tequila, do they? You're a fan of tequila? I love tequila. Yeah. Favourite shot. I didn't used to, but it's growing on me. I think it's more... It's my favourite shot, not for the taste, but I think the mindset it puts you in afterwards. Mm. Like a tequila slammer. Once you've had that, Ooh, you're past the point of no return. You know what's going to happen for the evening. Like, shit's going to get wild. You're probably going to take your pants off. You're probably going to urinate in Tops the street. Tops off in infernos. Tops off in infernos. Back home, kebab on the chest, wake up at 2pm the next day, wondering what's happened. Go down to it in common, have a little sleep. Have a little sleep. That's uh, that's what you like to do when you when you get a bit too... <laughs> that's my kind of night. May want to retell that story as Maybe, well? Nah. We, had, we had a pod reveal to your mum last weekend. Maybe we have a, a weekly thing where we tell Jane an embarrassing story maybe, about Isaac. Maybe we'll go back to that later at some point. Um, or maybe not sometimes, tell the world. Sometimes you go out for a few drinks and you just need to wake up on your doorstep, try and get in... No one's in, so you walk to Toot and Common and have a little sleep. And have a little sleep in the bushes. In the baking midday sun. <laughs> Get a bit burnt, walk back, have a little nap for the rest of the day, wake up at 8pm, feel sad. <laughs> feel sad. <laughs> two, two hours of sleep and back into work on a Monday. Back at it. How was, how, how was your weekend? I was like, yeah, yeah I really didn't good. really do much. Yeah, good, thanks. Quite bit of a chilled one, yeah, chilled one, yeah. <laughs> Went for a few drinks, really. Um, so we, I mean, we are like it or not, archetypal sort of weekend warriors, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, living in London doesn't help. Um, I think, you know, when a when a new craft beer brewery opens up in Hackney, you're, you're not, not going to go to it, are you? Well, you gotta, you've got to go. You've got to go and sit on a wooden crate. You've got to spend £10 for a half pint. Of of an IPA, which is, a, which is of fruity. Of a dodgy craft beer. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think it's important to note that we, we do balance that with, with living like monks during the week we're we're quite healthy during the week we're we're healthy during the week yeah we live that kind of classic move to London two or three years into our professional quote unquote careers Mm. spend the weekends with our mates getting hammered on on yeah really expensive alcohol when we're talking about the weekend warrior lifestyle I think the first thing we need to start breaking down is alcohol that's the key component of what we're talking about after all Mm -hmm. So, um, alcohol, as we know, um, the chemical in alcohol is ethanol, um, that has, has the intoxicating impact, not methanol, Isaac, don't drink methanol. Okay. Unless you want to get blind drunk, eh? Wait, okay. Because, get it? Because it, it makes, makes you, you blind. blind. And that's why so they say... So, in spoons, people, don't ask for a pint of methanol. Yeah, they always have them both on tap. You've got to ask for eth- I always, always get it wrong. It's why, always... why do they have it there? I don't know. I don't understand. But literally a small amount, like a tiny Crafty amount bastards. of methanol can make you blind. Right, okay. And that's why um, they try and say, like if you're home brewing, home brew beer and not spirits because 
in the fermenting process of spirits, you're much more likely to make methanol um, than you possibly could in like beer fermentation. So um, yeah, don't home, don't make like toilet wine or anything like that because you're probably going to go blind. <sighs> it's fun though, isn't it? Making toilet, toilet, toilet wine. wine is great. Okay, so no methanol. So no methanol. So we're talking about ethanol as a substance in alcohol. Now, um, when when you drink alcohol, it's um, metabolized and absorbed um, in your small intestine. Um, it's about kind of 30 to 90 minutes after you drink. Um, 90% of it, um, after it's been absorbed in the small intestine, is metabolized, mm. and the rest goes straight into your piss and your shit. Right. Um, the liver is the uh, is obviously the organ we're going to talk about here because that's the organ that is responsible for the metabolism, the breakdown of alcohol. Um, has an enzyme called alcohol dehydrogenase um, that is active in the process of breaking down ethanol. Um, now the speed of this enzyme is fixed, mm. so it can go up to a certain speed, but there is a limit to how quickly it can act to break down the alcohol, um, and that's kind of known as your like personal alcohol metabolism like your tolerance to alcohol so right. um so the, what so the quicker you break it down the less drunk you get no the quick like the quicker you break it down just the, the quicker it it gets into your bloodstream and but also the quicker you can get rid of its um toxin components mm-hmm. so um there's a fixed rate at which it can work which is fine if you've got had like one drink um and like it can deal with all that alcohol but if you're smashing a load of booze and this is why you get drunk you do a load of booze because there's such a fixed rate at which the the enzyme alcohol dehydrogenase can break down the alcohol um the rest of the alcohol is just free to enter your circulation so that's the problem and hence why like it takes several drinks for you to feel more and more pissed is because this enzyme gets more and more overloaded can't keep up with the demand of of breaking down the alcohol and so the rest of the alcohol is free to roam through your system um unfortunately alcohol is properties quite similar to uh to water so um it can flow through the bloodstream, it can get into cells, into tissues, um, and then uh, most importantly, your brain actually has a really has a thing called the blood-brain barrier, which is, um, as it sounds, a barrier mm. to your brain to, to kind of keep it off limits to the rest of your body because you want to protect the stuff that's inside your brain. Unfortunately, alcohol can kind of cross this uh, blood-brain barrier, and when the alcohol enters the brain, that's when you get the, uh, the feelings of intoxication. So alcohol is, is metabolised in the liver... Um, I'm going to throw some numbers at you now, Isaac. So you, you said you like mass. I'm going to throw some numbers at you. So Already. Alcohol is metabolised in the liver at roughly 10 to 30 milligrams per deciliter. Nice. Per hour. Um, which, you know, of course, you knew that, yeah. right? Um, so for context, um, if your blood alcohol concentration is greater than 80 milligrams per deciliter, you are um, over the limit to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and How many it, drinks are we talking? Well, Ed, I'm not... Oh, I don't know. It's about... A pint, slightly less than a pint for men. Yeah, I assume so. I can't work it out, but that basically means eighty. Gra- That's 80 not to drink at all, guys. Don't drink and drive. drive. Seriously, don't do that. If we, if so, effectively, what eighty grams per deciliter means is basically eight percent of your blood is alcohol. Right. Think of it that way. Wow, that's so, quite scary. Yeah, quite scary. So, like a, a really sloppy drunk. Mm-hmm. is considered like um, we're talking really sloppy like eyes rolling back that kind of stuff yeah is around 160 to 200 milligrams so that's uh, equivalent of like 16 to 20 percent yeah um and you are unconscious at 300 milligrams okay so 30 percent you're unconscious and then i think it's something like above 45 percent you're, you're dead. dead you are comatose you are out of it um and i think in like if we're looking at um u.s measurements it's something like half an ounce per hour um, 
that you can metabolise, which is effectively a beer per hour. Right. So that's why people say, have a beer, then have an hour off. So it, that hour, that extra hour is used to metabolise that beer. Yeah. That's effectively the equation. One beer takes an hour to metabolise. So once the... Uh, so once does that mean if you have a beer every hour, you're not going to be in the clear though, are you? Mm-mm. That's why you need to have a beer and then an hour off. So you need that hour off to metabolise okay. that beer. So if you have a beer... But you still wouldn't be... If you did that for 12 hours, you'd still be drunk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'd still be, you'd still be drunk because you're, you're... Again, because this alcohol dehydrogenase enzyme has a max rate of, of which it can work, Okay. Um, you're still going to be overloading the system eventually. Yeah. It'll break down some of it, but then you're just pouring more booze in. Got yeah. Alcohol, when it hits the brain, this is when... This is when sh- gets real, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Because alcohol um, is a is a central nervous system depressant. We know that it's a it's a depressive drug. And what yeah? What joke of the week? Intersect here. What is joke of the week? You haven't thought of one, have you? You have not prepped joke of the week. I haven't, mate. Oh. Come back to me in a bit, and I'll do a quick Google of some dad jokes, and then we'll be good to go. All right. No, I'm not no. happy with that. <laughs> not happy with that at all. Sorry, that's a. You're literally googling dad jokes right now, aren't you? This is not going to be funny. Guaranteed to be funny. Guaranteed to not be funny. All right, well, Isaac Google's dad jokes. Um, so, when the alcohol's in the brain, it's a, it's a depressant, so it slows down the activity of your neurons. Um, so you'll know this from last week. You could probably... <laughs> Sorry. Have you God, got one? Cock a joke. Oh, God. <laughs> what do you call a man with a rubber toe? Uh, toe... To, um, Roberto. Oh god! Joke of the week. That was awful. So, alcohol is a depressant. Binds directly to your receptors um, of your neurons, um, which you know you you might be able to take over from here. Actually, given how much you listened last week. Um, So what it does is it binds to um, the receptors um, on your neurons where normally excitatory neurotransmitters bind, mm. such as... What's an excitatory neurotransmitter? Um, serotonin. Bang! Nailed it, mate! You absolutely <laughs> nailed it! Yeah, so it binds to serotonin receptors and stops them um, from working. It also activates um, inhibitory neurotransmitter receptors, um, such as GABA receptors, um, and excites these pathways, which dampen down neuronal response. So... Um, for instance, in the frontal lobe, it impairs activity in the frontal lobe, um, which causes your impaired judgment, you know, your loss of caution, inhibition, beer goggles, mm-hmm. all that kind of, all the terrible mistakes that you make, going to the common, that kind of stuff is all because of uh, impairment in your frontal lobe. Okay. Your parietal lobe gets impaired as well. This is when you lose your fine motor skills and your balance, um, mm-hmm. which you turn into... You have your little hands. My hands moments. go a bit, yeah. You want to explain to the to the pod what what happens. Well, my to your hands. fingers just sort of go a bit over, all over the place, don't they? They they have a mind of they can go wandering. Is it yeah. Adam's family where the hands like crawling along? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I think that's literally like that. what your hands are like. Yeah, it's a bit weird, but ladies. But hey, like sexy though. <laughs> so sexy, man. Um, your temporal lobe gets inhibited as well, so that's when you start slurring your speech. Um, what what, do you, what, what affects you the most? Do you think when you're drunk? Oh, speech. I'm terrible. Like, yeah, I have a slurred speech, is... speech normally. And, like, yeah. as soon as I have alcohol, it's all over the <laughs> shop. Fleff, <laughs> Um And a sippet all lobe as well, which is your blurred vision mm-hmm. and poor distance judgment. Yeah. Um, it's also a vasodilator, which 
What do you reckon vasodilator is? Um, it dilates your vasos. What do you reckon those are? I guess that widens your blood vessels. Yes, mate. Bang on. Another point on science for, for Isaac. So it widens your blood vessels, um, which gets more blood pumping around your body, which is that kind of cosy, warm feeling that you mm, get, like that. Um, which is kind of misleading because expanding your blood vessels actually causes you to lose more body heat through your skin. Um, and also this vasodilatory impact causes more blood to be directed to your organs and away from your muscles. Hence right. why you get a little bit... That's why I get a little bit loosey-goosey on the dance floor. Okay. Yeah, I don't really. I'm stiff as a... You are so stiff, aren't stiff you? Stiff as a... You're such a dad. Something really stiff. Really stiff stick. Yeah, saucepan or something. Saucepan. <laughs> What's the stiffest object you know? Don't say your penis. Um, Stiffest object I know... Um, lamps. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Tamlin is in the building. Um, yeah, so that's what it does. It's a vasodilator... Of course, it's a, an anaesthetic as well, so don't feel any pain. Mm. That's why, you know, I'm always in brawls. You, you getting, love a brawl, I love a you? brawl, getting punched left, right and centre because Man, I don't feel any pain. Bloody brawling, yeah, you little yeah. brawler. And I don't cry, it's because the wind's cold in oh, my eyes. Oh, it's always windy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's always so windy. Recently, it's been really windy. Really windy outside. Um, and so, when you pass out, basically is what's happening is you're drinking so much the anaesthetic properties of alcohol are mm. lowering your heart and breathing rate so low that you kind of slip into wow. unconsciousness. <laughs> How terrifying <laughs> is that? It's really scary. How terrifying like that. is that? Because, I mean, I, if I have too much to drink, I pretty much always hit the hay and then just, just bang, I'm, I'm out. I don't know yeah. about you. Yeah, I'm always... But is that the same thing or is that just your body's... Well, yeah, I assume, I assume because it's an anaesthetic anyway, your heart rate... Um, and your breathing rate's been reduced, so as soon as you then further reduce that as you start to enter sleep, you're just out quicker. Yeah. So it gets you to sleep quicker. Where does, um, this is a bit of a tangent, but where does like the memory loss side of it come in? Like the, when you wake up the day after and you can't remember much? Can't remember much. Because I find that as I get older, I'm, I don't even have to be that drunk and I won't remember quite a bit. Won't remember a thing. Is that just the... How did I get this face tattoo? Yeah, <laughs> not another one. Not another one again. Um, well, so... I reckon you can work this out for yourself based on last week's pod. We mm. know that alcohol is a depressant. Doubtful. It affects areas of your brain, stops their neuronal activity. Now, what area of the brain is associated with memory? The hippocampus. There you go, mate. Oh. That's what it will be. I'm learning, mate. You're learning. You're absolutely <laughs> are. teaching me shit. You and Brian Cox will be running <laughs> lectures soon at the University of Manchester. I don't want that. I don't want Brian anywhere near me. Well, he's a nice guy. <laughs> Just because I do a creepy version of him doesn't mean he's not nice. Yeah, it's all right, Brian. Feel free to come on the pod if you want. Actually, I mean, yeah, Brian, I'm calling you out here, mate. Please do come yeah, on the pod. Like, I mean, it would be lovely if you, you could come we'll on the pod. we just let you speak, really. I'd love to sniff you. Yeah. Uh, anything you want. You just nestle in well, beside. not anything. Okay, yeah, science-related. But, Brian, seriously, love to have you seriously, on. Seriously, Brian. I know you're listening, so uh, come down, bring your keyboard, and we'll start up your anti-synth-pop <laughs> uh, band again if you fancy it. Going from the short-term term effects of alcohol, that's what it does to your body. That's what that's what you're feeling. That's what you're probably feeling now after you know we've had three or four beers already, Ooh. haven't we? So many beers are going down right now. Really nice woozy. God, it's refreshing. Coil goes down smooth. That's, that's actually a thing. But do you remember the days of having to force yourself to like alcohol? Yeah, but I mean, it worked, didn't it? It li- literally. You drank so I mean, much alcohol. Is, is that why is that we have a teen drinking problem? It's because... I th- actually, I agree with teen drinking. I think it's a good thing. You need to drink booze that early so that when you get to normal like drinking age, you actually like it. Because if you didn't, you'd get to 21 and would be like, F*** 
You know, learn a lot. Well, don't you? Like you learn that you can't mix a bottle of vodka and a bottle of gin and a bottle of whiskey, drink it, and expect to be all right. Yeah, you can't. You're gonna get naked and be sick everywhere. That happens. What's your worst experience of being drunk? What's the most drunk you've ever been? I think one of the most. Do you remember when we went to that? I think we were about fifteen or sixteen. We went to a party in Wheatley, and uh, and we had a bottle of vodka each. And I just, I the last thing I remember is spinning around in circles and being violently sick everywhere <laughs> outside. Yeah. That was that's the only time my dad's ever shouted at me. Yeah, you played rugby the next day. Didn't he you? forced me to play rugby the next I went, day. I was I got, sick under the I post. Went to watch you. I was sick under the post three times. I had to play the full game. We won, of course. Sorry, man. Because I was class. Sorry, sorry, dad. I'm so sorry for that. I think the uh, the other time the drunkest I've ever been um, was in Cabos because we were lads. Booze cruise, booze oh, holiday that in Cabos. Booze cruise. And I not After booze. Absinthe. Oh god, yeah, you had lots of absinthe. Bad. But I remember. Um, they had God, a drink. We are bloody lads. Aren't we, we are. They had a drink called the Head Fucker, um, mm. which said it was a certain amount of shots, and and the barman was not pouring that many shots. Um, so I mean, being, it sounds bad, doesn't it? Being the 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 kind of egotistical dickhead I was back then, I I made sure he poured the exact number of shots. I had one of them uh, sick everywhere, and then uh, two of our friends carried me home with my trousers round my ankles. Actually, as that, passes by, laughed at my That's winky. possibly the most drunk. Oh, <laughs> you proper, yeah, proper winky around, out. Trousers around ankles. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty drunk. Yeah. I think also, we were young in Cal. We were too young. Too we were young. like 17. Yeah, way too young. But yeah, I remember uh, the absinthe night. We made a fishbowl with a bottle of absinthe and I woke up on our balcony, which was two stories up. So, I, mean, I didn't have a key to a room, so somehow I'd scaled... <laughs> you go, scaled, scaled the wall of our hotel and woke up surrounded by my sick and there was like loads of ants just eating up eating your sick that was oh. a low point that was one a good of, one of a few low points to be fair but up there up there mm. you've got to go through those experiences to realise how much you can and can't drink yeah exactly absolutely now I know half a bottle of absinthe that's all I need that's all you need <laughs> and you'll only be sick once exactly you'll only climb one store instead of two progress Just a quick note to say that although we are talking about drinking and getting drunk and Brian Cox in a fairly light-hearted manner, uh, we are aware of the impact that alcohol can and does have on people's lives. So we've included some links in the bio. Click on them if you feel like you need a bit of help. So we're going to go on... um... In, in this light-hearted fashion, we're going to go on to something a little bit more serious in terms of the long-term effects of alcohol, um, because obviously ex- excessive drinking of alcohol, the main effect is is alcoholic liver disease, um, which is the major cause. There's different causes of liver mm-hmm. disease. It's the major cause of liver disease in the Western world, um, and and this, this only really happens if you consume alcohol um, over a long period of time. Um, it is reversible and, and, and transient. Um, but kind of the chronic long-term consumption of alcohol, um, basically what it does is because it's an irritant, it really, it causes, um, the release of pro-inflammatory, um, molecules, um, the inflammation response is used by your body to help fight infection and irritation. Um, and what this does is it's this kind of heightened pro-inflammatory response, um, which happens when you drink alcohol, but it doesn't really need to happen. So you really need a pro-inflammatory response 
if you've got like a proper virus or something, not when you've had a drink. So um, what it does is it causes kind of this out of control response, which um, these molecules then um, cause the death of, of hepatocytes, liver cells, um, and and cause a process of what is known as fibrosis, which is basically the laying down of scar tissue. Um, and the does problem, that mean your liver can't, yeah, can't process work. the enzyme? Yeah, and, and the problem with scar tissue um, is it's kind of like putting a plaster on um, and the cells no longer do the function that they used to do. They're just there to just to, to stop the, the organ. So like for scar tissue on your arm, for example, um, the skin cells no longer work as skin cells. That's why it's really rigid mm. um, tissue. And it's just there to literally stop your stop the cut from, from becoming worse. Right. So um, you get this fibrotic process of liver cells um, and also kind of the generation of these other called free radicals. These are like really dangerous molecules, um, really uh, reactive molecules that can also um, react with um, components of, of the liver cells and cause them to die. So um, that is the process of, of alcoholic liver disease. Um, but your liver is like pretty resilient. So obviously you can regenerate your liver. That's quite a common fact that that, that, that can happen. The problem is when you get fibrotic fibrosis or um, kind of scar tissue, you can't replenish that scar tissue. You can't change that back into normal tissue. So it's just kind of stuck there as a rigid hard mass. Um, not doing its job obviously um, but your liver can function even when 75 percent of the hepatocytes the liver cells are dead really which is pretty amazing yeah which is pretty cool so you have you have that is alcoholic liver once disease they're gone they're gone you can't they don't regenerate yeah you, you just make new new hepatocytes you make new cells okay um but then when so if so if with someone if someone's got liver, liver damage if they cut out the booze can their liver yeah yeah absolutely but the problem happens is when you drink so much and you have so much liver damage that this fibrosis occurs and you have scar tissue because you can't turn scar tissue back into normal tissue yeah. it is literally redundant it's just junk basically um you also get you know lovely death of neurons in the brain as you can imagine because it's a depressant it it stops the stimulation of your neurons um and in kind of keeping with that you get um a thing what is called alcoholic neuropathy mm. Um, Sounds bad. It, does, it, is, it is bad. So um, alcohol basically weakens um, your nerves. So not just the, the, the brain cells that you've got, but also your peripheral nerves. Um, and so alcoholic neuropathy is where in your kind of in your fingers and your toes, you get a loss of sensation, a loss of feeling because it dumbs down. It kills these these neurons. Right. The, or these nerves. Sorry, not neurons. These nerves in your fingers and your feet. So do why, you remember? Why just why just your limbs? Um, just because like physically. Because your body just needs to focus its energy elsewhere uh yeah i think it's more just physically um it damages your whole nerve but if you think about it a nerve to your finger is actually like physically quite a long way from your right, spinal okay. cord um and so if it's damaged all along um the process of where it's going to stop first is right at the end you're not going to get the feeling right in the end it's like kind of circulation the first place you lose circulation or, or the strength of circulation is at your the finger because point. it's your furthest point away. Yeah. It's the same with your, your nerves as well. It's the furthest point away from your, your spinal cord. Um, and so because your nerves damage, as the signals pass down your arm, through your forearm to your, towards your finger, because um, there's damage all along. There's more that can go just, wrong. Yeah, a lot that goes way. wrong the further you get down. And that's why when we're in Croatia and uh, I took myself off to A&E because I couldn't feel my feet for two days, I thought I had alcohol. Yeah, you went a bit weird, yeah. Yeah, that was a bad... You still got that. Like now and again it comes back but yeah it comes back after i drink heavily for a yeah, couple of days so so weekly yeah comes back yeah also uh, our good friend cancer can occur um because um because alcohol's an irritant it actually inflames the lining of your mouth and your throat when you drink um and of course excessively doing that and inflaming and damaging that tissue can give you um tongue cancer mouth cancer and worst of all esophageal cancer which has one of the highest 
um, death rates possible out of all cancers. So oh dear. That's not good. And then also, your little plums aren't safe either, mate. Yeah. Nothing safe, is Nothing it? Nothing safe. You have alcohol. decreased sperm production, um, and this is because alcohol um, blocks the um, secretion of sex hormones from your hypothalamus in your brain right. and your pituitary gland in your brain. So less sex hormone, less production of sperm, weaker swimmers. You ain't making babies. So quite quite a lot of long-term effects, obviously. If, but we're talking here. We're not saying like the weekend warrior mentality is, is linked to these long-term effects. That is like, you know, drinking daily consistently over an extended period of time. Mm. Um, cause so which, which actually think about it, these are, these are terrible effects. But if you even think about the short-term effects of alcohol, your body is really, really resilient in the fact that, you know, it, it would take years of continuous drinking to get to this stage, right. which, is, which is quite cool. Once you've once you've had your your drink, the old dreaded hangover kicks in, and now this is relevant for the weekend warrior. Um, so this is the hangover is your is obviously your body's reaction to the poisoning um, and kind of the withdrawal from alcohol um, begins usually kind of eight to twelve hours after your last drink. So a couple of symptoms here. Obviously, you get the muscle aches. They are they are the worst. Me, I, I can't yeah, I don't really stand get that, the muscle aches. Do you not get the muscle aches? Not really. So the, what the muscle aches are from is because, uh, as we spoke earlier, it's a, uh, alcohol's a vasodilator and the blood is actually directed away from your muscles to your organs. And so the direction of blood away from your muscles causes this aching effect the day after. Um, another thing that alcohol does is it, it causes a block in the creation of vasopressin, which is an antidiuretic hormone. Right. Um, and so what this means, if you've got no vasopressin... Um, it causes your kidneys to send all of your water that's passing through um, in your bloodstream as it filters it straight to the bladder instead of being reabsorbed. So a diuretic means you pee more. So basically alcohol is a diuretic. It makes you wee more. So you're weeing out all your water, um, which causes this kind of severe dehydration. Um, so when, when, people, when you talk about breaking the seal, is that yeah. an actual thing? So when you, like, are you supposed to try and repress your wee for as long as possible or...? Is it just the fact that you're drinking more? That's, you're just that's drinking you're more. Wee. It's inevitable. That's why you wee. It's the physical yeah. drinking more. So for one like kind of beer, you lose four times as much in water. So if your beer was, say, 100 millilitres, you'd lose, if you drank 100 millilitres of beer, you'd lose 400 millilitres equivalent in water because right. of the diuretic effects. So that, that you can see there how you get really dehydrated. And, of course, the headaches are from a cause from this severe dehydration. So um, it's a loss of water in the brain. But also what happens is because your whole body's dehydrated, your other organs um, try to make up for their own loss of water by stealing water from the brain because your brain naturally has a bigger supply of water and blood and oxygen because it's such a vital organ. Um, so it steals away, you know, your brain becomes severely dehydrated. And what this does is it causes the, the membranes, the outside of your neurons, the things that kind of hold the cell together, i.e. the infrastructure of your nerve cells, um, the ones that are connected to your skull, it causes those membranes to shrink and tug on your skull, and that oh. is physically the pain you feel from a headache. Is that it's the shrinking and the tug. It does actually feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, wow. If you think about it, so that's that's what the headache is. Um, and a lot of this, you know, when you're when you're peeing loads as well, and this dehydration, it's not only water that's being expelled; it's key, kind of key ions as well. So salt, potassium, ions like these, and and these are really um, important. Um, for your nerve and muscle function as well. We won't go into to why because it's a little bit more detailed, but um, like calcium, chloride, potassium are basic ions that um, really regulate the function of, of a lot of cells, particularly in your nerves and, and, and your muscle tissue. Um, 
So that's why you kind of you get tingling nerves and again why your muscles feel really achy and don't work. Alcohol also causes the breakdown of glycogen into glucose. So you store glucose, i.e. sugar, as glycogen um, and it causes the reversal of this. So it causes glycogen to be broken back into glucose and then, of course, you're having a diuretic. So that's all pissed out. So, so glycogen back into glucose, is that so occasionally I'll go for a run when I'm hungover mm-hmm. and it's way harder than when I'm, yeah. than when I'm sober. And I'm presuming that's not just because I feel rough. It's also because I've got less energy. Because yeah, it's because your, your glycogen stores have been depleted. Um, and so that is why you feel like you have no energy when you're hungover. Mm-hmm. That's why you feel really fatigued. Um, and that really um, contributes to the loss of concentration as well. You know, you can't, you literally can't concentrate on anything for too long. It's because all your energy stores are, have been depleted. Um, and the final thing is, is a thing called the glutamine rebound. Um, and this is the effects that alcohol has on your sleep. So... What alcohol does is it inhibits um, the production and the release of glutamine, which um, is a natural stimulant produced by the body. So when you stop drinking, your body goes, ah, we haven't got any glutamine. All of our glutamine stores have been depleted. I better make some. And so what your body does is it overcompensates and makes loads of glutamine, which is then released. And because it's a stimulant, it keeps keeps you awake. And so your brain will start um, producing and realising that it needs to produce a lot of glutamine when you go to bed usually because that's when you've stopped drinking. Yeah. So you stop drinking, your body goes, oh wow, we need some more glutamine. Um, and it will start producing glutamine, the stimulant. And that's why when when you drink, you and, and kind of the effects of this is the glutamine production by your brain immediately after alcohol, that kind of big wave of production, stops you from reaching deep sleep that's why you have poor sleep you get restless sleep and it basically means you kind of you can't go into proper deep sleep and you stay in kind of an REM sleep pattern instead okay yeah I was gonna say I've I've never find it difficult to fall asleep when I've had a few drinks but I guess you're not getting that good quality sleep yeah so that's what it's not yeah yeah that's what we need to distinguish obviously as we spoke earlier the anesthetic properties of alcohol help you get to sleep um but you know there, there are there are different depths and levels of sleep and as we explored last time some of those different levels are really important in memory and what what this means is kind of glutamine rebound means is you're just unable to reach those deep levels of sleep mm-hmm. um, and so you stay in kind of a light REM sleep which you're still asleep um, but the quality of that sleep is really poor but equally if if you have uh, like a good night's sleep even if it is that bad quality sleep you feel way better the next day mm. than if you've had if you get in at like what three a.m. and then get no and sleep whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, because I guess that's compounding just the normal effects of not having enough sleep on top of that hangover as well as a double whammy. So Isaac, Ben, what can you do to cure this wretched hangover? You know, God damn it, I'm just I want to go out and enjoy my day. I don't want to sit here in my pants eating spaghetti hoops. Cry, crying is the, is the answer. A bit of Dido and a good cry. <laughs> There will be no white flag above my door. I'm in love. I'm in love. Always will be. That's something like that. So, I'm afraid to say, ladies and gentlemen, the hair of the dog does not work. It does, though, doesn't it? It just doesn't. It doesn't work. I'm going to disagree with science there. It's wrong. It's wrong. You wake up. Why is it wrong? Wake up at seven in the morning. Yeah. Reach for your pint of carling. Yeah, <laughs> warm carling. You feel all right. You don't. You're good to go. No, no. Fundamentally, up, it doesn't work. work. I'll tell you why it doesn't work. I saw a man on the tube the other day. Oh, God. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, cracked open a, a can of Foster's in a suit. 
In a suit? It's not a great look, though, Jesus is it? Christ. I mean, yeah, you can understand it if he was homeless, but... Well, actually, I mean, that's a terrible judgment on my behalf, though. What, what does it matter what he's wearing? It's just awful, full stop. True, but, you know, you sort of cut him some slack if he's just trying to make it through the day. Yeah, off to work. Going into work. It's a couple of beers look, beforehand. It? It's not... The hair of the dog does not work, and I'll tell you why it doesn't work. If you are basically compounding the effects, so... The whole hangover process is your body trying to clear the toxins. By re-drinking alcohol, you're just adding more toxins on top of that. Why you think you feel better is because, again, you get slightly drunk and then the anaesthetic properties all kick in so you don't feel like you've got a headache anymore. But in the long run, the hair of the dog simply does not work. And probably, if we're talking about being a weekend warrior, if you're drinking back-to-back, is why on Monday you feel super, super Mm, increasingly as well as we get older and fighting the two-day hangover is just a thing now yeah it's just a thing and we'll we'll get on to to the impact of aging in a minute um but also if if we look at caffeine as another answer it's a vasoconstrictor um so it might help your your headache a little bit um but it's also diuretic so it's contributing to dehydration so don't go for caffeine and here's the kicker fatty food not good not just good what at you all. want, though, isn't it's it? What you want. It's only likely to irritate your stomach more. So your stomach lining gets irritated because alcohol's an irritant. It irritates your mouth. It irritates your stomach lining. Lining. So unfortunately, you want to eat healthy, lighter foods that replenish your electrolytes, give you back some of those ions. But why? Why then? Why does your body crave that? Crave of nice, yeah. big, sloppy Big Mac. I don't know. You're not going to go for a little tuna salad, are you? You're, You're not going to have an Iswas. I mean, no. I might, but you do. You I like a little salad. You. Love salad. To be fair, a fruit love... salad on a hangover. That's that hits the spot. Who eats a fruit salad on a cleanses, hangover? Cleanses the, a little amuse bouche. Oh, can a move? Get rid bush. of the, the taste of the alcohol. You know. You are so weird, mate. Um, so onto a couple of good things that do work. Eggs. 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 Big ecky brecky. Have a large amount of cysteine in them. Eggs. Um, and so cysteine can be used to help break down acetaldehyde which is the derivative of alcohol. So when we talked about alcohol metabolism, breaking down um, ethanol from uh, by the enzyme alcohol dehydrogenase, what it's broken down to um, is acetaldehyde. Um, and funny enough, this compound is actually more toxic. So this is the poison in alcohol right. when you break down ethanol into acetaldehyde. Um, but what eggs have is a large amount of cysteine, and cysteine can help to break down the acetaldehyde even further um, to prevent it being poisonous. So that's why first. on a night out, what you should do is crack an egg into your pint and neck it. That goes really well. Offer it around as well. Just go around with a plate of scrambled eggs. One of the one of the grimmest right, things girls. I ever saw at university. All right, girls. <laughs> one <laughs> an egg. One an egg. Yeah, that doesn't go down well. That gets you, again, put on registers. Do you think? So eggs help. Um, bananas and Lucozade, because bananas have got high potassium storage, mm. Lucozade full of electrolytes. So Lucozade that's good does help. Yeah, really good for you. Um, Lucozade, if you want to sponsor get involved yeah or Gatorade we like you too we're not fussy uh, but the best thing unfortunately is just time you need the time for your body to break down these toxins but being a weekend warrior you don't have the time being a human we don't have time do we what well, is time what is time Ben who knows hey? Brian this is where we need you so that's that's how you, uh, how you get over the hangover I've got some um, got some 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 funny hangover cures from history yeah are they funny they're pretty funny yeah oh God, they're not going to be funny are they take one raw eel so apparently uh, in the Middle Ages, right, in the olden days, doctors thought eels would uh, resurrect in the stomach and sort of suck up any remaining alcohol that's left over. Stupid. Doesn't like work. like a colonoscopy now. Maybe that would work. Shove like a big it, yeah. tube up your bum into your stomach, suck it all out. I mean, that probably would work, but I don't think 
eels quite the same, as that. same kind of no. properties no um, dried bull's penis <laughs> sorry what no that, you've made that up dried bull penis <laughs> that's is not still, a thing still goes on today apparently in Sicily no one eats dried bull any penises. Sicilians listening get in touch uh, well, that poor bloke who has to his job is what they, is it like big legs of ham do you hang the penis from the ceiling well I really like, hope they do? don't they don't slaughter a bull just for the penis Hopefully it's just a byproduct uh, of dead bulls. Dead Ooh, bulls. Well, Margaret, he's got a big winky. Let's chop that off and dry it. Yeah, but apparently it uh, regains virility after a heavy night. Hmm. Debatable. Yeah, I think someone's been stitched up. And there. finally, we've uh, we've covered this, but a good cry, which I'm all for. You know, even even when not hungover. Do we we like we I've joked about getting you therapy, but I'm getting signs, particularly now you mention how often you cry. Little cry, does you the world are good. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um. Yeah, so apparently British author... I mean, I'm just reading this now, so apologies if this sounds very scripted. It is. It is. <laughs> British author uh, Kingsley Amis insisted in his book On Drink, which was written in 1972, it's not that long ago, um, instead of attempting to cure physical hangovers, we should focus on addressing the headier metaphysical hangover. And that means addressing the ineffable compound of depression, sadness, anxiety, self-hatred, sense of failure and fear for the future. You know, that come with being hung over by having a good cry. He sounds like a joyous man. I didn't understand a word of that, but he sounds like he's a bit of a, I don't know, negative Nigel. I don't actually, I never feel particularly depressed when I'm hung over, unless it's been a really big night. I, I think, like, feel, you know, mine's quite more lethargic. Guilt. I think mine's more the guilt of which could maybe manifest itself as depression is in, like, I haven't done anything with my weekend, yeah. my time off, and before you know it, it's Monday again, and... Another day wasted before yeah, you know it, with, yeah. on death's door. Oh, we'll still be working, we don't, we don't get a pension age, mate, yeah, we'll still be we working until we drop. On the on the subject of getting old, the hangover, as you kind of alluded to, it does get worse with age. It really does. Um, there, there are several reasons for this. We're no spring chickens anymore, We're are we? not, we're not spring chickens. Um, one is the inflammatory response that we talked about to alcohol, um, so your, your immune system, um, this inflammatory response is heightened. Your immune system is not as effective at responding with the older you get. Like the same as, you you know, when you get older, you get more infections and more colds and stuff because your immune system is just weaker. It just happens naturally as a process of ageing. Because your immune system is slightly weaker, this inflammatory response is heightened. Um, and that contributes to a worse alcohol. You naturally get fatter with age. And the problem with fat is fat doesn't absorb alcohol. Um, surprises me yeah so yeah surprising fact so you have just a lower tolerance to alcohol <laughs> surprising fact because you're yeah. just more blubber a fat fact a fat fact um you as you get older um like just in everyday life you don't become a weekend warrior you just normally like naturally drink less as you age yeah i think um once you which reach. decreases your tolerance your body water also decreases when you're older you just have less you know we're, we're made up of quite a lot of water but your body water percentage is less so you've got physically less body in your water in your body, that body people look, can look a bit shriveled yeah that's why they're like shriveled grapes little prunes <laughs> some might say so when we're summarizing like the the, the impact of being a, a weekend warrior now you know we're, we're not going to get any of those kind of long-term really bad kind of symptoms that that occur with with basically being an alcoholic because um, yeah, you know, by, by weekend warrior, we're presuming that we've got, we all got fu- very functioning day to day lives. Yeah, healthy day to day lives. Maybe on a Saturday you go out and you yeah. get drunk. But of course, there there is going to be increased risks of you know liver disease, heart disease, all all this kind of stuff just because you are drinking quite a lot. But as we've spoken about, your liver is really resilient and does regenerate over time um, as well. 
Uh, there have been a couple of studies, like there's, there was one that I found in 2014, a study on rats, um, that um, they basically binge drink, they made rats binge drink and, and showed they had a load of brain damage. Um, difficult to say, they were measuring different things and then there's the obvious statement that they're looking at rats, not rats. humans, so it, it, it's a little bit little bit difficult. Um, they also... Uh, they also there was a Danish study on military recruits where recruits where they looked at semen quality mm. um, and showed that that was reduced in the in the cohort of men. In the navy, huh? In the navy, hey, hey, that that should have been joke of the week. That was that a good was one, good. wasn't it? That was good. Off the cuff, that. That was good. Off because the cuff. because there could have been semen, you see. Oh, there could have been seamen. Yeah. It, tell you what, it's really good C-men. when you have to explain jokes. Yeah, do you get it? It makes it funnier. Because seamen, semen, navy. It all comes together. Yeah, it, does, it all wraps up nicely. Clever little joke. Well done. So they, they showed that these, um, like the men uh, in, in the military who um, identified with being kind of weekend warrior lifestyles um, had a lower quality of semen. Again, like reading this study, there were way too many factors that weren't controlled for. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it, there could be a load of things, age, weight, like basic things like that, all the way down to, um, you know, impacts of being in the military or like whatever it may be tight trousers all of that kind of stuff none of it was controlled so again a little bit a little bit poor um one of the the main things is going to be from being a weekend warrior is just getting fat mm. the increased cholesterol levels we all know that a lot that of calories in the bit booze like is chock full of fattiness um seven calories a gram in in a beer yeah i which, think a pint's like of an average beer is about 200 calories isn't it? 200 calories which is like a slice of pizza 10 percent of your uh, most people's RDA. Yeah. Recommended it's Basically, like eating lard is, is what that is. Um, Delicious. So I think the main impact of being lard. a weekend warrior physically is going to be is going to be your fatness. Um, and also, like, this idea of two nights in a row is, is really terrible. As we spoke about, like, hair of the dog, your body's still trying to get clear the first one. You don't want to add a second on top, so that's not good. Yeah, we don't do that so much anymore, do we? Not so much anymore. Kind of growing out of that a bit. Growing out of that a bit. But then the, on the mental side, there's kind of the... The insomnia piece, we've spoken about the, um, the your inability to get deep sleep and kind of like the, the Sunday night shakes, as I call them, when you get that kind of weird, lucid... The night terrors. The night terrors, when the demons come. When you oh, wake when up. when the demons you, come. You can't move and there's someone in yeah, the corner. All that stuff. And that's because of this inability to get to deep sleep. So you're stuck in REM sleep and right. REM sleep is your dream state. So that's why you lucidly dream, you have a lot of dream and that's why you wake up on Monday morning not feeling refreshed in the Oh, Jesus, I'm not ready for work. I am not ready for work. So, um, Crack open a can, good yeah, to go. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, there's kind of your the impact on your work productivity. You know, you've not had a good night's sleep. You're slightly depressive because of the... and anxious because of the impact of alcohol on your central nervous system. You've still probably got alcohol in your system, depending on when you got drunk, mm. um, particularly if you've done two nights in a row so it'd actually be like and we couldn't find anything on this research in the pod but um maybe trying to get some socioeconomic effects or like literal the effects of being a weaker warrior on work productivity and that's one thing i know is particularly bank balance i guess bank balance yeah that's a lot of money doesn't it which which all contributes to your mental state so it'd be really uh interesting to see um kind of what the impacts are yeah as millennials particularly in london where wages are slightly higher but but not massively higher and the, the standard of living is so high mm. um, just what a, a potential mental impact this is having on our on our, our lives both socially and our professional lives as well mm-hmm. any positives I mean I'd, I'd like to make a slight slight yeah, case I for think, this I think we've been a bit doom and gloom but 
I, I, I'm, I'm with you here, and I'm, you know, preach to me, preach to me, boy. Well, I think that, you know, for better or worse, probably worse, judging on what we've just talked about, a lot of mine, I'm sure your sort of fondest memories have come about through drinking. You know, we meet up as mates and we have a good time. Um, and living in a city like London, as we do, I think it's it's kind of healthy for you, for the mental side of things. You need that release. I've got, you know, huge admiration for people who can abstain from alcohol all the time. You know, I did dry jam, do dry jam, feel great after, but also don't, don't have as much fun. And I, like we touched on before, we, we live very healthily during the week. I pretty much only drink on Saturdays um, and I'd much rather go out, you know, go all out once a week, have loads of fun, than feel the need to have a glass of wine every night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. That's my defence. I think the the social impacts vast outweigh the kind of the physical impacts on your body. Like as we've spoken, to to do real long term damage, you you know you have to be drinking alcohol quite a lot. Um, and and uh, yeah, I agree. At our age, I think it like you know the 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 social side of things vast outweighs yeah the the physical side of things and the negative impacts, particularly as as you know young adults and our bodies are quite resilient. Um, I think obviously the the issue comes is when you know that creeps in later and later and suddenly you know you're 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 still depending on alcohol. The the problem and the thing that I get a little bit nervous about is when um, you're perhaps like using alcohol to to justify things. So like yeah. I've had a really tough day and this is when you're talking about like a glass of wine and I've had a tough day. Oh, I might as well have a beer. Like that justification reward system. I think and it's probably what why there's been such an effort to crack down on binge drinking to start with because it can maybe be seen as an enabler towards that kind of lifestyle where you get later in life and actually you you're then becoming more dependent mm. on alcohol and and that yeah i mean it, long-term risks. We're, we're the drinking we do we we go out we have a good time we're not dicks are we we don't get aggressive we no. don't end up in hospital obviously there are you can go too far and that obviously becomes a massive problem and alcohol is a massive problem but um i think the sort of drinking we do it's, it's just good fun isn't it yeah, I agree. It's a facilitator. It, it facilitates fun times. And, you know, um, we're all in the queue for death at the end of the day. Exactly. So while you're on the planet, you know, the social social impacts, we're social beings, you want to maximise that time. Have a good time. Have Live a good your time. Life. YOLO. There we go. And so, I mean, that's a nice wrap to the pod. And, and I guess on that note, what, what are we off to do now, mate? I mean, we're going to go get really drunk, aren't we? Yeah, I think we're going to go really <laughs> drunk for two of our mates' birthdays. So, big shout out to to Reese, aka Cheesy Tits, and uh, and Wingy uh, for for reaching the right old age of twenty five. Um, let's go and have a few beers. Cool, I will. Uh, I'll cheers to that. Cheers, mate.